welcome to another episode of Three Men and the War Game. I'm Paul, and Gamera loves children. He does. I've heard that. Uh, I'm Kevin, <laughs> and I am a giant building-destroying robot tonight. And this is Potter, and insert stupid robot intro here. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, he, did it, he did it in a robot voice, kind of. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Insert robot here. <laughs> no, that's that's the, exactly the voice I use. Have you ever? Yeah. And this is a tangent, Chris. Have you ever read the book with no pictures? Do you know that one, Paul? I'm gonna no, exclude I don't know you. that one. Oh, all right. It's a no. It's B J Novak, so the guy who like did the American yeah. Office wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I know who B J Novak is. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a kids book with no pictures, and the whole premise of it is that like it's you think it's going to be boring it's a picture it's a book with no pictures for kids except for it makes you say ridiculous stuff like it makes you say things in a robot voice and stuff anyway great book <laughs> listeners if you have kids and you don't have the book with no pictures you should order that it's great um so paul what are we talking about tonight uh tonight as you maybe as you could tell from our introduction it is monster apocalypse and there's a really good reason we're going to talk but not about just it. any monpoc no, well, I mean, not just any monpoc, right? Is, it is kind of any monpoc, and we'll get into that. Any monpoc. That's a funny, that sounds funny altogether as one word. Anyway, so we're going to talk about Monster Apocalypse. <laughs> the specific reason about talking about Monster Apocalypse is there is a Kickstarter going right now. Uh, and also, I've seen a lot of confusion around this Kickstarter online. So I want to do something for our listeners and break down what that Kickstarter is and break down two of the weirdest questions that I think Mythic's done a good job answering in articles, but maybe people just aren't reading into it enough or aren't interested enough to go and seek it out. So I want to answer those questions. Perfect. All right. Let's answer questions. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let's do something first. Yeah. Wait, wait, let's do something real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, what have you been working on hobby-wise? Mm, um. Does building flesh and blood decks count? You can't see my face. Yeah, I'm like doing yeah, a cheesy grin. Yeah. Yes, Maybe. yes, I, I will allow it. <laughs> that's probably that's basically it. crafting flesh and blood decks. Um, I did finish my X Force for uh, Crisis Protocol. Nice. So I painted nice. X Force in their like uncanny X Force paint scheme. So like the Spec Ops black and gray. Um, awesome. So, and all five of the currently released X Force models, we got Wolverine, Deadpool, Cable, uh, Sabretooth, and Domino, all done up in that uh, in that scheme. Very awesome. nice. And also playing a you, lot. Chris? I've been playing a lot of you like Ultimate Encounters. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but yeah, play, no, that's fine. That's that actually good. Yeah. I, I, playing a lot of crisis protocol and i think if anybody's on the fence jump off it's in the best shape it's been in they're just making it better god it's such a good game anyway chris what have you been up to uh let's see um i primed and base coded uh my entire svalerheim uh collection for infinity so everything oh, is damn. a airbrushed dark blue to start building up those highlights from there um, so yeah, every single model, I, I just spent one evening was like airbrushed every single one of them. Uh, so got all that done. Um, so I can start working on those and then, uh, been building some Legion models here and there. I'm working on my, my lat right now, but I've actually put it on pause because I found some cool 3d printed Etsy stuff. I'm going to add to it to make it look all troop transporty. So that what you've been playing, Chris? 
Nothing. I have not gotten games in in probably three weeks. I mean, I think the last thing I oh no, I think the last thing I played was was Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, I went out on a night because like my son's not even been interested in playing lately. He's been sucked in. He had a friend suck him into Fortnite. I I did my best to keep him away as long as I could, but he had a. Now that school is back in physical uh, session. Um, now all of his friends are talking about stuff and they, they sucked him into Fortnite. So he's been wanting to do that more than playing minis. It's all right. So what have you been up to, sir? I, well, I've gone on like a rampage of, um, Legion purchasing because I, you know, with the price increase and I finally got around to seeing exactly how much it was, especially on individual characters, so I've kind of gone on the mission of getting everything I could uh, before nothing is at the the old prices anymore, uh, and and have created ruckuses at multiple stores yes, when they realized their stuff was you priced jerk. at the old prices. So what, Chris? You showed up to the one of the stores like 15 minutes after me, and everything was pulled and being restickered. Yeah, it was. I was a little. I was a little <laughs> peeved. The. Uh, the other, the other one that I went to, uh, they thanked me for bringing to their attention when Darth Vader rang up wrong, but they, they gave me the sticker price. Um, but they seem to have not gone and, and re-stickered things, so there might be snowtroopers in my future soon. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I did that, and I've been building that stuff as I've been going. Um, got like a saber tank and, and a lat and uh, shore troopers and Krennic and... Um, I mean, just you, OP Vader all of it. <laughs> just say all of it. <laughs> Boba Fett, and uh, yeah. So especially, especially like the individual characters, because percentage wise, their increase was, you know, extremely significant. Right. Um, you know, like something that's like, you know, fifty bucks and went up five bucks is much different than something that was thirteen and went up five bucks. Right. So, um, so I've really been kind of focusing on just trying to round out what some of that as I could and. I've also managed to, let's see, I've played some Infinity since the last time we talked and some Legion. So, yeah, been killing it on that. Good. All right. So anyway, let's, now that we've, we've, we've touched on all that, all, touched on all of that, let's get back to Monpok. Yeah, Monpok. So the first thing I want to do is just elevator pitch Monpok and give a little bit of history because that's going to matter as we get into it. Um, so what is Monster Apocalypse or Monpok for short? Uh, the elevator pitch is it is a miniatures board game. I think that's accurate. Would you say that's accurate, Paul? Yeah, yeah. It fits in that middle that middle ground. Yeah, right, where so like it, that it's God clearly tier. a mini- miniatures game. Yeah, and, and 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 this is one where it is a board game and it plays so it plays on a grid, uh, but it even mm-hmm. though it plays on a grid. It feels very much like a miniatures game in terms of like having to have correct positioning at the right times and the kinds of things that you're thinking about in a miniatures game. They're the same sort of tactical decisions that you have to make in Monpok. So very much feels like a miniatures game, even though it is technically a board game and always has been a board game. I'll say that, too. Yeah. Um, and so I I would agree what it is outside of that is it is a game of monster versus monster kaiju combat. So 
I think of like your giant like Godzilla versus King Kong, right? Except taken to like we're going to spinal tap it, just crank it right up to 11, right? Like all of the giant monsters you could possibly want. Uh, lots of different flavors of giant monsters fighting in a city, throwing each other around, destroying buildings. There's tanks firing stuff everywhere. Uh, and what you're essentially doing is a monster versus monster battle where the you basically, as soon as you lose all your monsters, you lose the game. It's a game that takes about an hour to I mean, play and lots, lots and lots of chunky decisions to make. In, in, in all honesty, Kevin, mm-hmm. um, like the perfect visual for how this game, like for, for this game is if you've seen Godzilla vs. King Kong, the end when they're fighting is the game. Oh, yeah. Or like if you've watched Pacific Rim, the city, this the big city fight right. in Pacific Rim is basically uh, Monpok for sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that, yeah, exactly. And I mean, when I watched that, that Godzilla vs. Kong, I, I, as soon as the end was happening, I'm like, I need to go play Monpok right now. So, so is this where I, I admit that I've never watched a kaiju movie ever? That's of fine. Any, of, if, of you, if, if, if you, if you've never seen, uh, Pacific Rim, that's a character flaw, but we love you anyway. <laughs> Not like, I think, the, I think the only one I've ever seen was Peter Jackson's redo of King Kong. I think, I think that's it. I think that's all I've ever seen. Man. And I know I'm doing my disservice, myself a disservice by that being the only one I've ever seen. I'm sorry, guys. I'll, I'll uh, leave the show now. I'm 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 speechless, and, and part fine. of the reason why I'm speechless is because I'm I'm old enough where like Saturday afternoons that's what was on TV. Yeah, I mean, so 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 are we, Paul? Technically, like I watched plenty of kaiju movies on like the Sci-Fi Channel as a child and and young adolescent. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. Um, well, you all, but I you feel also, you know at some point that like phased out. Well, so you, you I, also, I don't know when that phased out. Yeah, you also have to realize like I spent a lot of my childhood living on a military base in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, where we had which one is channel. really where you should have been seeing kaiju movies. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. no, because like, the middle of the like, Atlantic, like, not the middle of the Pacific. The Pacific. I lived in Portugal. Right. I lived right, on an right, island right, right. off in the Port- east coast or the west coast of Portugal. Yeah, you're right. You're totally. So then, right. are you an expert in spaghetti westerns? No, because I don't like westerns. Well, then what's the point? I know. I why am I on this show? I you know what? It, no, no, they're no, no, looking no, no, for a new no, host. No. Well, let's <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's get you sold on this. Anyway, first of all, you need yeah, to go I, watch. You need to go watch Pacific Rim because Pacific Rim is a yep. per, is a, an effectively so, perfect movie. <laughs> so I, I I I've actually looked a lot into Monpa because we we've talked about it a lot on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't like any of the sculpts none of the sculpts speak to me it's it's very over the top and yeah and I like think none it, of them well, do well let's just let's get into it maybe when we talk about the gameplay and what the game is like they're you know especially like i don't know how you don't like the giant monkeys i i i, I don't get it but it's okay well, that you okay don't. so those are those are newer are they yeah not? yeah they are. And, and you should and look maybe, at some of the newer stuff too. Like Draken Armada too. If you look up Draken Armada right now while we're, while I'm talking, you, you start, your minds might start changing. Um, also the I'm mutates that might also start changing your mind. Um, but all right, let's, let's talk about the history of Monpok a little bit too. Cause that the, I think the context of Monster Apocalypse is actually really impo- is really important for the Kickstarter that we're seeing right now is having the context for the game and the life of the game up to now. So 
It's very important, I think, to, like, I don't, we don't always talk about board game designers or desi- game designers by name. Like, sometimes we do name drop, but I think in this case, it's very important because the lead designer of Monster Apocalypse is Matt Wilson. Um, and if you're listening and you don't know who Matt Wilson is, that's fine. You might be newer to the miniatures hobby or you just might not care at all about War Machine. Um, but Matt Wilson is the lead designer of War Machine as well and the basically chief creative person at privateer press and one of the most important figures in miniatures gaming in general i think in the history of you know you've got like he's up there with the giants at games workshop in terms of important figures in the industry so just having the context that this is a game that matt wilson designed is important um and it was originally designed and released uh well i don't know when designed but released in 2009 uh and the original and paul you're gonna have to help me here a little bit because you you will have been playing war machine as this happened but my understanding is that around 2009 is when privateer press started shopping out plastic manufacturing and one of the things that they did was they found some good plastic manufacturing and Matt Wilson had this game in mind and they released Monster Apocalypse as a co- as a collectible game. So you bought booster boxes that had blind monsters or blind units in them. That's correct, right, Paul? Yeah, that is correct. And the advantage one of the advantages to it is that they were pre-painted and you didn't have to build them either. Yeah, it was like much like Mage Knight at the time. Right. Um, yes, exactly. But very a very different game than Mage Knight. Um, but, but similar, they had, you know, you sort of like cheesy Chinese plastic, uh, bases and, and pre-painted models that were, you know, passably painted, but not very well painted. Right. Uh, yep. And that game yeah, it definitely wasn't great. That game was massively successful too. Like there were day, like days long tournaments that happened. Um, that's like team covenant who is now a huge force in the industry, especially in the card game space. So when you're looking at like, you know, the, your living card games, things like ashes, things like flesh and blood, um, especially games that have lots of tokens. Um, team covenant does really good subscription and distribution. They make custom tokens. Uh, key forge is another game that they do a lot of support for. They were one of the early adopters of Monpoc and they made all sorts of cool tokens for it. Uh, and they hosted the giant three day tournaments, um, that happened in like 2010, 11 and 12 when the game, I mean, cause the game right. was big four years. Like it went, it went 2009, 10, 11, 12, and I think 13 before the game sort of fell off. Wow. I, as a, right. as a former warmer words player, I never knew that about that game. Oh yeah. It was big. Oh yeah. It was, it was a big like, game. I, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it around like in the stores and stuff, but I, I never saw anyone playing it. So I didn't realize, I didn't think it had that big of a following. No, that's, if you go that's back really cool. and you look at sales statistics, it was one mm-hmm. of the highest revenue driving games in the whole board game industry for like two years. Very, very, very popular game in its day. And also okay. remember that like when, as I say that, uh, 2009, right? That's just before the big board game renaissance started, right? Like the, we think of the hobby now right. with the, the, like we're, we're post the 2012 board game renaissance. Like that's when board gaming exploded. Like 2012 to 2017 was just enormous growth in board gaming. And so board game stores were sort of different then and things that drive, like, cause if you look at 2012, that's when like X-Wing came out. 
And so that's like when things really started to ramp up. But prior to X-Wing, Monpok was like a very, very, very profitable and well-selling game. Very cool. I did not know that. So again, important hmm. context, right? And and the popularity behind the game is what caused Privateer Press to re-release it in 2018. Um, and so in 2018, they re-released Monster Apocalypse in a, a brand new form. It was scaled up, so the models are much larger, much crisper details. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like much better sculpting and printed in resin and metal and white metal. So the same materials that War Machine is is uh, manufactured in and also manufactured on site by Privateer. So right. the same level of quality for the models, um, but also the same expense. So there's some things, there's some, you know, issues with Monpok in, in the in the 2018 release, but we should say the rules were changed very little. It's it was still in essence the very the very similar to the same game. Well, there 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 was a major a major change though. One of the biggest changes that they made coming into it was uh how your your dice for for movement worked. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Kind of yeah, yeah, because it bas- basically it, it's it. I for, I forget exactly how they changed it. I think I think it's that your your moves. I don't think you're paying for. You're not using dice for your moves anymore. So the okay, you're right, and I so I played it quite a bit into that, but I I actually forgot that that was how the movement worked because I got so used to the 2018 version. Um, yep. Yeah, and you're right. So in 2018, you get one free move. You get one free move to your movement value, and then you do pay action dice for additional steps. Whereas, right, right, yeah, yeah, one like one dice per step. Whereas before, all of your movement was based, based on, on the, the dice. dice. So this, yeah, this leaves you more dice for fighting. Which, let's face it, is what you moving want. is not the fun part of the game. Right, yes. beating each right. other over the head with giant robots and and, and Cthulhu monsters is what you want. Right. And so, but the, right. but the two, the, the, the point I wanted to make is that it was re-released in 2018, also pretty popular. And it's still one of the games that's a primary revenue driver for Privateer Press, but not enough. I think, I think what, what we're seeing now in the, so that's 2021 and Mythic has teamed up with Privateer. And, you know, we're, we're not going to know what the backroom deal was or like how the conversation happened. But if you aren't familiar with Mythic games, they're probably most famous for a time of legend, Joan of Arc, which is a Kickstarter that raised $2 million. Um, Ooh, boy. <laughs> it's a 15 millimeter, it's a 15 millimeter miniatures board game that is extremely thematic. Uh, excellently produced um, but they've done other stuff too right they've done like a uh, solomon kane game they've done a game called uh uh it's like uh super oh god damn it i feel so dumb for not knowing this but it's like a it's a brawl game that's kind of like uh in the same spirit of rise riot quest not quite the same game but since we're talking about privateer press it's a it's an analog super fantasy brawl jesus I, if i wasn't gonna be able to think of that um, uh, is the name of it, but they, they've done quite a lot of games. And so they are, I, so the reason this is context is important is because if you're listening to this and you only have really gotten into miniatures games and you're not big in the board game hobby, Mythic is extremely respected, especially in delivering high quality plastic based miniatures board games, uh, 
on time and at extreme value. So like every one of their Kickstarters is a bonanza of plastic. Uh, also really well done sculpts. Uh, and they're very good about running their Kickstarter campaigns, keeping engagement and also delivering their games on time uh, and delivering high quality games. If you go and search their games, their games are well regarded. So uh, it's, right. it's important to know that Mythic is the people that are teaming up with Privateer for this edition. Yes. Okay. Yes, and I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot about them. So that was going to be my next question was, who are these guys? Yeah, like I remember, I remember you guys on the Discord talking a lot about it and saying like how happy people were that it was Mythic. But like not, be, me being a non-board gamer didn't really understand that context. So that's, that's good to get that backstory. I mean, they, they're essentially going out and finding the guys that are making the Ferraris and, you know, to help make their to re-release yeah, their this game, is like, it it's like. the it's the best of both worlds. So so Mythic is really good at a couple things. One of the things that they're really good at is graphic design and plastic manufacturing. And let's be honest, that's two things that Privateer is not good at right now. Right. Uh, right. Um so they they're not good at economically sourcing and and creating injection molded plastic, just not a thing that privateer press has ever been good at, nor are they good at now. And they're also yep, not agree. great at, at their graphic design. Um, in their, their, like, if you look at their instruction manuals for like riot quest or the prime, the prime digests for either of hordes or war machine, um, or even the monpoc rule book, they're, they're very generic. They look like they were made in like Microsoft publisher, right? Right. <laughs> Very true. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That just it's just a, a, a fact about it. Um, that's not to say that the quality of the writing isn't good and that the rules aren't, isn't good because that's not true. Right. That's their core competency. Privateer Press makes extremely tight rules. And they're very good at game design, especially the stuff that Matt Wilson puts on. So what we're looking at here and also sculpting, right? They have some of the best sculpting, uh, and, and like dynamic miniature posing and also their aesthetic is just, it's great, right? So what we're looking at here is a sort of a best of both worlds, like best of the best of the best of what the miniatures guys can do and the best of the best of what the board game guys can do. Or board game folks, whatever. Sounds like a winning combo. Exactly. So let's talk about some things that I've seen online quick. So there's a lot – every time that Mythic posts something, somebody asks, like, what is this? What's the board game version? And Because it's if you look at it, it's, it says Monster Cop Apocalypse, the board game. And I want, right. I want to clear the air right now for anybody who's listening. This is the exact same game. The exact same game as the 2018 Monpoc in terms of rules. I, so I have, I had, I spent this afternoon reading both rule books because I just, I wanted to go through both rule books to make sure I wasn't wrong when I said this. They are the same game. The, all of the, the cards that they're going to release are the same, just with new graphic design for better readability. Nice. So when you buy this game, you can be confident that it is the same game. You could buy this game, go down to your local shop and play with a person who's been playing since 2018 on their 2018 board and be fine. The scale is the same. The rules are the same. The sculpts are the same. 
The only difference is that it's produced in plastic and it's made to pass the Christmas part, the morning test, and all of the graphic design is revamped. Well, that's I'm glad that the the graphic design is redone because I know I looked at a couple of the cards and I I was I was massively confused when I looked at those cards. I I just didn't know. So it's good to hear that those are being revamped. All the cards, yeah, cards have had a full revisit. All the graphic design and iconography has a revisit on the new cards and new boards. But again, the new boards, if you look at the boards, they are the same. So the boards carry each board or in Montauk, which is like the arena you play in, is named. And the two named boards that you get are functionally identical, but aesthetically different. Um, and right. there's a ton of quality of life improvements. And so that's why, what the re- but again, the reason we want to call this the board game edition, because this is another thing. People are like, why is it called the board game edition? Well, because the, the boards are boards now. They're not plastic mats or neoprene, although I expect mm-hmm. there will be neoprene upgrades in the campaign. Um, but they, it's a dual sided game board that comes in it. And also it, it is, uh, pre-assembled PVC board game miniatures. So they're the same size and scale, but they don't come on the clear plastic bases that you get in the current version of warm or of, of Mompok. Um, there it's a single form and the miniatures are mounted to the bases, but the, again, the bases are the same size. The miniatures are the same size. The sculpts are the same size all the way through the range. Uh, and all the buildings are the same too. The buildings are all made out of plastic. So that's going to be your main difference. And I would expect that the fidelity of these sculpts isn't going to be the same as the resin and metal just because it never is. Right. Um, right. but it is important to note that the scale of war, uh, I don't know exactly what the scale is, but they're big minis, right? Like your average war machine mini oh, yeah. is, it's like 75 mil, right? Paul, would you agree? That's like your, your average monster is like 75 mil. They're big or 54. Mil. I don't know, between 54 and 75 yeah, millimeters. I mean, they're, 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 yeah, the, the big monsters are pretty damn big. Yeah, they're big. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, I've always been impressed with them. But yeah, so the reason it's called the board game edition is because it, it's passing that, that Matt Hart, uh, Christmas morning test. Like you're going to be able, like if you, if this thing delivers in November, 2022, which is the current, that's the, that's the projected date that it's going to ship. Um, so a year from now, which is also fast. And we'll get into that later, but I think fast for a reason, but if you get it and you were to save it for Christmas morning, you would be up and playing as in as much time as it took you to read the rules. Because right. there's no assembly. You don't have to paint. The, the, the two factions in the game are separated by color. Um, well, all right. So the two agendas are separated by color. And then all the sub-factions are colored by that agenda. So either blue or red. Um, yeah, so that's why it's a board game. But do you guys have any input there? Is there anything you guys – questions you have? Especially if you've played 2018. Yeah, I mean, my uh, well, I don't know that my my question actually applies to where our discussion is right now. So, cool. I'll wait. All right. So, um, let's talk a little bit more about Monster Apocalypse and dive in a little bit more. So, we've talked about the fact that it's played on a grid, uh, and we've talked about that you lose your monsters, you lose the game. And so, there's three game modes. You right. play one, two, or three monsters. The preferred game mode though is two monsters per side. And then after you see, oh yeah, it's 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 a much it's it's a much different experience with the two monsters on each side, and because I've played both, 
mm-hmm. and um, without the two monsters, you lose a lot of the tactical decision making because you end up with so many dice left for doing whatever you want. Yep. So two monsters is two monsters is where the game balance is tuned. And then with two monsters, you also yep. get 20 units. And so you, so if you look at the grid, um, buildings and monsters take up four, four spaces on the grid. So every monster in every building takes up four spaces. Every unit takes up one space on the grid. So that gives you an idea of the two sizes of the models that are available to you. And you get 20 units when you select two monsters. Now, when you start the game, you only start with your monsters on the table and your monsters have to be touching the, the back of the mat. So your side of the mm-hmm. mat. Uh, and then right. the first turn of the game is always what's called a unit turn. And so we'll talk about how the game flow works. Cause the, so we like, you know, we love alternating activation in, in our, in our miniatures games. And mm-hmm. Monpok takes this activation system and just twists it all the way over on its head. Um, yes. like it, so there basically you have to understand that in Monpok, you're always going to have two. You, so you have th- four main places you keep your dice, but two of them are really important. One of them is your monster pool and the other one is your unit pool. And so you always have 10 action dice that exist somewhere between those two pools. And when you start the game, they all start in your unit pool. And this is important to note because the way that this works is as your turn starts, you can choose to take a turn wherever you have dice in a pool. So if you have turn, if you have only dice in your unit pool, so all 10 in your unit pool, you must take a unit turn. If you have all 10 of your right. dice in your monster pool, you must take a monster turn. But if you have dice in both, you can take whatever kind of turn you want. And so your opponent has to be thinking about what kind of turn you're going to be taking next when they go. And you are telling them a lot if you move all of your dice to one of the pools. Right. And that's a huge part of the game. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's one of my favorites. I, I think that's a great aspect to it. It really puts you at a position where you have to really think about how you're moving those dice around. Yeah. And I mean, even and like the, the it's funny because the, the so the Privacy Press rulebook doesn't do this, but the mythic rulebook as as you're reading it. It's talking about this and it says, remember, as a monster, you might not, if you've taken a monster turn, you might not want to move that last dice. If you've used nine of your action dice, you might want to leave one on the monster side because that's signaling to your opponent that if they swing on your monster, you can still swing back with your monster the next turn. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Or do you, or is it worth it for you to go all in? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a big part of the game. And it, it's like the resource you have to manage is it because so at, on your turn, right? So on a unit turn, you do a couple things. You spawn units and to spawn you, every unit that you spawn has a cost. And I know what you're thinking already. And you're right because the rules are intuitive. The way you spawn them is you spend your action dice from your unit pool to your monster pool. So if you have a unit Correct. that costs one to spawn, you take one of your action dice, you pick it up, you drop it into your monster pool, and then you spawn your unit into your area onto one of your spawn points. And then you can activate them and, and fire your weapons and stuff with those. And all of those things, those actions also take action dice. So right. 
you are budgeting what you can do based on the amount of action dice in your starting pool. But also there's two more colors of dice, right, Paul? Because <laughs> that is true. You don't just have unit dice. You also have boost dice and power dice. Uh, and that gets into That's right. it's a it's a privateer press game. Of course, you're going to be boosting. <laughs> yes. Boost, boost, boost. So boost are your blue dice. Basically, you have three colors of dice, white, blue and red. Uh, your action dice, your white dice, um, your action dice have three blanks, two successes and one double success. Your blues have two blanks, three successes and one super success. And your your power dice, your red dice has one blank, four successes and one super success. Um, boy, I've played a lot of Riot Quest in Monpoc. Holy shit. <laughs> I just like, I just know <laughs> yeah, those, you're rambling off those dice. Yeah, uh, I, just, those I know, I know those easy. dice odds, like the back of my hand. Yep. Um, apparently. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. So the, the thing about it is, or the way that it works is you, when you take an attack as an example with a monster, the, the monster, the attack will have a, a st- couple statistics. One of the statistics will be the amount of action dice to spend on the attack. And this is critical, right? Because it, it's usually one to a number. So like one to six, for example. And that means you can take one to six of those action dice out of your monster pool and you can roll all of those into the attack. Uh, also, you'll have a number of boost dice that you ro- that you must roll. So an attack might say one to six, four. That means you take between one and six of those white dice and four of the blue dice. And that's if you take six and four, that means you're going to roll those 10 dice into the attack. But also you have a pool of power dice that you generate through the game and you generate those every turn your monster powers up. When you take a monster turn, you have a power up phase and your monster and you generate dice. And these red dice come from the main dice wall and they go into your power pool based on how many power nodes you're holding and how many buildings you're securing with your units. And this is why your units are important because your units can fire and they can also gang up and do damage to monsters, but they also are needed to secure objectives that power your monster, that make your monster stronger. Because these those red dice, if you remember, I just told you, they basically always hit. <laughs> like we, the, right. the, it's, it's a five-sixth chance that you're going to hit on a red dice. So those things are extremely powerful and then as you take an attack you can spend as many of those red dice as you would like to out of your red pool and 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 i think one thing to note about those those units is that if they get killed, they can come back. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Like you're not that's limited good. to them. Like, wh- yeah, you you can you can bring them back on the table. You what you're bringing to the table is just certain ones, it's, right? Yeah, like there's it's, it's, it's depending a, on how many monsters you have, you get up to you like get fifteen 20. or twenty five. And so yeah. the question is like, how many G tanks do you want on the board? Do you want four G tanks? You got to bring three plus an elite, right? You got to bring the G tanks that you want so that you can summon them and get them onto the board. Um, so that you can have that many. But when you're bringing the 20, you're usually bringing two or three of each, right? So that you can summon the ones onto the spawn points that you need in a critical moment because they all have their own special abilities and do their own thing. So the units all have abilities that do a thing. Uh, they all are needed to secure buildings and objectives. And also, again, you can use them to gang up on because they can coordinate their fire onto monsters. And that's the only way they can do damage to monsters, really. Right. Interesting. Right. And that's just it, right? Like they have to they have to be played well. Right. Right. Like you have to be able to think, all right, these guys aren't super strong. 
Uh, but I need them to be, and they, and they can also like claim power tokens, right? Like, yeah, like you need on them. The board. Like it, it is, it is imperative for you to be managing your opponents because you, if you just ignore your opponent's units, you'll lose. <laughs> you, right, you have exactly. to be killing exactly. them. You like must be killing them <laughs> or destroying yep. the buildings that they're trying to secure, right? So that they can't secure them to give your opponent's monsters power. There's so much to this game, you guys. This game is cavernously deep for how easy it is to play um it's yeah. just so much and, to and consider you're very right like once you once you get into it there's so many little places where you're making decisions like oh, even yeah. like all right what what warrior you know what little guy am i bringing out is it worth bringing out this guy is it worth bringing out that guy well, yeah. who's out there? What kind of synergizes? The, I mean, for for um, as slim as this rule set is, it has no business being as deep as it is. It's such a deep game. Um, so yeah. Uh, another thing to talk about is like, so we, you you heard me if, if you're listening, you were like, "Wow, Kevin, you were talking about picking up ten dice and then adding power dice, so you're rolling a fistful of dice." Um, and the way that it works is everything yeah, in the and, game. And sometimes you surprisingly mi- don't whiff. get as nearly yeah. as many results oh, yeah. as you think you should. Remember, those white dice are half blank. <laughs> uh, yeah, and exactly. that's the majority of your dice pool most of the time is those white dice. And, and they are, they are fickle, boy. They will go bad on you. Um, this yep. is a, this is a, this is a man speaking from experience. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I do, Paul, I think the worst roll I've ever had is I, I think I rolled like seven power dice and four boost dice and one, one power die. So, so yeah, seven unit, four power, one or four boost, one power. And I rolled four successes. Oh, jeez. Oh man. So bad. Uh, that's so like, anyway. that's like throwing some Legion white dice right there, man. Yeah. It can't, I mean, they, but that's dice, right? Dice can go dice or swingy, right. but that's yeah, why you that's roll why we such roll. a Let's see. Exactly. And so you roll a lot of them in this game. But basically what it is, is like every monster has a defense value. So a strong, an average monster has a defense value of like seven or eight. Um, And what you're doing is you're rolling those dice and you're looking for seven or eight successes. And if you get seven or eight successes, you do one damage to the monster. And generally on standard attacks, one damage is what you're going to do. Most monsters have between uh, nine and 14 health. So like monsters can take a bit of punishment, but there are ways to do extra damage. There are power attacks that can do extra damage. And there's also a, or there are, there are ways to do super damage and there's lots of ways to do super damage. And there are also, in my opinion, the most flavorful set of abilities in the game because every monster has their own attacks they have their own things on their cards, but there is a common set of attacks. And Paul, I don't know if you want to talk about these or geek out about these, or you want to let me, yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about though. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah but go ahead. Do it. Do All it. right. So there go are power it. attacks. And so the power attacks yeah. are body slam, ram, rampage, SWAT, throw and god damn it one i can't remember stomp there you go thank you yep um and these are the abilities that only your monsters can do and to do them you must spend one of those power die so if you've gotten yourself into a situation where you can't generate any power die you can't use these abilities because part of part of using them 
is that you must use one of those red dice in the attack. But these are like the thematic things. And so the, the best example that I'll use is body slam. And so with body slam, the main rule for it is that you must be aligned with your, your, the monster in front of you. And so aligned means that both of your corners have to be matching. So you have to be fully flush because there's base, because base to base, you remember a monster takes up four squares. So you have two squares of facing on each side and you can be mm-hmm. in base to base with only one square of facing. But if you have both squares of facing, and does that make sense, Paul or Chris? Do you understand that when I say that? Uh, yeah, I think I got the concept of it. All right. So, cause it's your base is a square, right? And right. so if you're, if you're off kilter to each other, but still in base to base contact. Right. Uh, yeah. As long, as long as the bases are touching in some form of that. Light. So that's base to base, but to do a, to do a body slam, you actually have to be in alignment, which is totally squared up. So your corners actually have to be touching. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 You have to have your full facing touching their full facing. Right. And at this point you can spend to do a power attack and do a body slam. And the body slam basically says you can pick that monster up and swing them around and slam them into something. So if there's a building and units next to you, you pick the monster up, you declare the path you're swinging them, and you drop them, and it destroys everything in the path. Yep. So, yep. And even if it's even if it's a building that's already been destroyed and it's still on fire, it does damage. It does damage <laughs> them because it's a hazard. And if you, but the thing is, yep. is if you throw them through the building, that you generate power for that. Because it's right. like a momentum thing, right? And you generate two power dice for like to like throwing the other monster through the building, and it does additional damage to them because you've thrown them through a building, or like body slam them through a building. So like that's like the the thematic stuff. But you can also swat flying units out of the air. You can throw monsters into buildings and destroy, or you can throw monsters and and destroy units and buildings in the path of the throw. There's just like so many things you can do. You can rampage, which is you running through buildings to generate power. So like, I mean, and and part of this, Kevin, is that this if you if you're a war machine player, it's all the cool things that your jacks could do, but were so situational you never really got to do it. Right. Yeah, except here you're doing them all the time. Like the power attacks are the bread and butter. Like you're gonna be body slamming people. Like if you if you're faced up, if you're squared up with your opponent's monster, and there's a building and one of their units in the way, you're gonna slam them. <laughs> like that's just yep. the game wants you to do it. I mean, as it should. I mean, that's that's what happens in these movies that this game is based off of, right? Yeah, and if you go watch the Kickstarter trailer, there's like footage of the monsters throwing each other through the yes, buildings. Yes, there are. And yeah, and there's the one of them rampaging through the buildings and and stuff like that. And swatting, yeah, swatting a chopper out of the air. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. So Yep, which is all shit that happens in the game, right? Like that's perfectly it. And this game takes an hour to play, right? You get like all of this fun and it, it's so fast. It's such a fast game. Um I I would say yeah, two a two monster game takes between fifty minutes and an hour and ten minutes. Like that's your that's your your general. Yeah, and that scope. sounds right. Yep. Um cool. So I think we've given people a pretty good sense like of the fun and why you want to play this game. So I want to spend the rest of the time that we have actually breaking down the Kickstarter and comparing it to the current release model a little bit. Cause I think that that's also extremely important to talk about. So let's talk about the Kickstarter. And the first thing to mention is the main pledge. Um, 
So the main pledge is called the Smasher Pledge, and it's $120. And before you go, before you start whistling and you're like, $120, Kevin, woof, stop it. A core box of Marvel Crisis Protocol is $100. Legion is $100. Fucking Warhammer Underworlds is $95 fucking dollars. $120 right. bucks is not a, not, not a lot of money in our current context to spend on a two player starter for a comprehensive miniatures based game. Uh, oh, I mean, an operation box, right? An infinity operation box is 120 bucks, $150, really. Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's yep. the price. But let's, let's talk about what you get right now on day one of the Kickstarter before there's a ton of stretch goals available. So, I'll talk about the core pledge as pictured and then talk about the fact that they're already unlocking stretch goals and there's already more than this. So the the core box, as it stands right now, you're already going to get – hold on just a sec here. I'm actually going to go right to the spot on the page where I can, I can just verbatim go. So on the uh, defender side, so the good guy side, you're going to get uh, – Two guard Jaegers, like from Pacific Rim, they're like big mechs. You get, uh-huh. uh, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve units for that side. And then two of the pterosaurs, you get Terracon, which is basically Godzilla and Pterodax, uh, plus uh, another twelve um, units on their side. So we're talking about four monsters. And like 24, 28 units, right? 24 units. So enough to play full games with options. Right. On one side. And you get the mirror of that on the other side. So the Lords of Cthulhu and the the Destroyer side is the other agenda, the sort of the quote unquote bad guys. And so you get two Cthulhuoid looking monsters, the associated minions and then two of the planet smashers or planet eaters which are like two big giant ugly looking monsters plus their dudes on their side plus 14 apartments six high rises and four themed buildings and each of the buildings is themed after one of those aforementioned sub factions right and so that's the hundred hundred twenty dollar pledge so we're talking about uh 22 26 buildings plus the the like 60 some odd minis that you're getting and four of those minis are those huge 75 millimeter minis or eight of them are those huge 75 millimeter minis i was talking about that's just the core pledge and they're already unlocking stretch goals and the stretch goals that they've already unlocked have added like Eight more units and four more monsters to that box. Yeah, I mean, I think. Okay, can I? Can, can I, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just saying. I, I, I'm looking at the the Kickstarter right now. I think, like, just looking at the units alone, without the big stompy robots and and, and creatures, it's like sixty models. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just with the units. So here, yeah, it's crazy. Here's here's here, here's what I want to say real quick, just to put this in perspective. Mm-hmm. The 2018 version of the game, oh, the I, starter for yeah. either agenda, mm-hmm. was a fifty dollar box. Mm-hmm. Fifty you got, bucks. You got you got cardboard apartment buildings mm-hmm. that 
blew away anytime somebody walked past the table. Mm-hmm. You got your paper mat. Mm-hmm. You got all of your dice. Mm-hmm. You got a big old monster, and mm-hmm. you got five four units. four units. <laughs> no, it was five. Oh, was it five? All right. So you got yeah, four regular. Like so four and one. So yeah. for you know double the price plus you know twenty five bucks, you're getting like four times the amount of stuff plus plastic it, buildings. It's it's actually and those plus so those plastic buildings you can buy in resin and I I totaled out the core pledge and the core pledge is like eight hundred and twenty nine dollars at retail if you bought the privateer press stuff and it's a hundred and twenty five right. bucks yeah hundred twenty yeah hundred twenty dollars and then and then as you play you know and you like stuff you can add to it if you want right. And and if you like you if you like space you and know, you Mecha can, Godzilla and right, stuff and like you can that. buy the privateer press models and add them because they're the same scale. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what that's what I meant. Oh, right? Okay. Like you can keep adding on, you know, like Mecha Godzilla and and you know all of the ape guys and you know the the Martians and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Like you can you could go and be like, oh, this one's really cool. But this is a great way in. I mean, the apartment buildings alone are worth the pledge, right? Because yeah, those are so common in the game, and now you can have plastic ones. I mean, yeah. basically, you're paying twenty bucks more than you know the two starter starters from each side. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and you and you get the equivalent of f- four starters plus all the apartment buildings and all the buildings and extra units. Yeah, yep. I mean, this is this is a. I mean, it, this is a smart move on their part with with them going to what would you saw what you said the company was Mantic. Mythic. Mythic. Like, so going with Mythic, like, this is obviously a company that's got the production up. They've got, they know how to do this. They can mass produce this at a cheaper rate than Privateer probably could have ever done. And then they've designed it in such a way that they're not alienating their current player base. Like, this is correct. So fully, fully compatible. Yeah. Like, this is such a good business design, like, right here. Like, this is, I actually saw. I saw a lot of Monpoc players that were going to do the $120 pledge just for the apartment buildings. Right. Oh, yeah. To get a full table of apartment buildings is is ridiculous. They're like they're 15 tw- bucks a pop. They're, right. So they're, yeah. be- between, they're 15 on a good day, 20 at retail, and you get 16 of them in the box. So right. Like this is <laughs> – Right. That's 400 bucks <laughs> or, or 300. Um, but still like, yeah, it's uh, it's no joke, man. The the value, the perceived value here is very high. Yeah. I mean, um, in the, the quality in these pictures of the miniatures, obviously, I mean, they look good. I mean, you know, obviously getting them in hand. These, is yeah. They're the renders. Right. Yeah. But right. they're still – they're going to be good. They're huge models. So the quality is going to be good. Like generally the larger you print something in board game plastic, the better quality it is. So – and these are right. big models. But here's the thing, guys. I want to talk about the $160 pledge too, because that's where I'm in right now. Uh, as a <laughs> just just saying, day one, <laughs> I uh, definitely am in for the the Crusher pledge. And the reason I want to talk about the Crusher pledge is because the Crusher pledge comes with everything that we talked about in that $120 pledge, plus an additional box called Battle Royale. And so Battle Royale comes with two more maps. The two additional maps are four player maps, and and this box comes with five additional models which are apex monsters that four people can play co-op against. Very cool. So if you yeah, opt I like that, yeah. So if you, if you opt for that higher pledge level, you also get the four player co-op mode too, or battle Royale, 
right? So, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you can go three or four player co-op, three or four player battle royale, uh, and then the two player co-op as well. Like it's just an, an enormous, like they've basically turned this game that is a two player competitive game and then gone ahead and added this amazing four player mode to it and, and included a bunch of monsters for it. Um, and the, and actually, like, if you look at the pledge levels, there's actually a $60 pledge that's like, hey, you're a veteran uh, player, just pledge for the four-player mode, because you can use all your existing monsters, and there's no duplicate monsters for you in this box. Yep. So, that's huge, too, right? Just a big old huge deal. And now, let's talk about yeah, the Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's good that they... That they thought of people who were already in right right and and what can what can how can we benefit them through this kickstarter what can they get out of it yeah like what can we give veteran players that's that's really exciting and you know it's very possible because the game can be very expensive to play that even the core box at 120 dollars is still worth it for them to buy because there might be some units or monsters that they didn't buy, and the price of adding those models up is basically 120 bucks anyway. So, so Ke- right. Kev, you you may have already said this, and maybe I missed it, but looking at the the pictures here of the Smasher Pledge versus the Veteran Pledge, mm-hmm. it looks like the Veteran Pledge models are alt sculpts of these models. Oh, so they're bigger, nastier versions of them. Yes. Um, so like, they're, a, like a, a couple of them are right. So like, there's the big Terracon, which is or right. the big Armadax, which is one of them, but they're not exactly the same. These are like technically four new or five new monsters. They're just oh, in okay. the same. They're in the same factions, right? So one of them is a Pterosaur, one of them is a Guard, one of them is a Planet Eater, and one of them is a Lord of Cthulhu, right? And that's what you're seeing is that they look okay. very similar. I I just thought it'd be that's like a really cool thing for the vets too. Like, you know, hey, you've already got these models most likely. Here's some alt sculpts all of them for. So you got something a little bit different. I, yeah, I, just, are, I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, these are big bad models. Um, gotcha. But yeah, still super cool, right? Um, and and again, there's another thing to there's another dimension to talk about this, right? And that's add-ons. Because they the the way that Kickstarters work, right, is they they launch them with an addition initial offering, and then the way that they keep engagement and excitement through the the, the community is they launch add-ons and something that mythic mythic is very good at their kickstarters at like dropping easter eggs and so one of the things that you look at right now on the co- on the core page there is a thing that's like how do i buy an add-on click here to learn more and you're like okay how do i learn more and you click in there and it's like this is how you manage your pledge and so this is great because a lot of kickstarters don't tell you how to add on to their pledge and if it's your first time on kickstarter it can be really intimidating and it's also one of the main questions that comes up in comments. But Mythic's done this genius thing here, and they've got an example. <laughs> and the example says, you already have the core pledge, and you want the Simeon Corp in, in quotations, $35. Simply adjust your pledge total to $154. So they're doing this really funny thing here, and they're telegraphing to us that they're going to have entire additional factions for $35, and one of them is right. the monkeys. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so even if you were looking at this, this, this Kickstarter, you have to realize they're going to, there, there are 20 factions. Like, so there, or there, sorry, 
20 sub factions. There's two agendas and then 20 factions and th- they can release any number of them in this Kickstarter. I don't know how many they're going to. It's only a 17, seven, 17 day campaign and they're probably going to release one add on or so every two days. So also I expect that one of the days it'll be like neoprene mats instead of, you know, to replace the, the cardboard mats. But that means we right. could get, you know, six to 10 additional factions over the factions that are already inside the core box. Um, so very exciting. And, and again, if you were to buy a faction, which is essentially four monsters plus their, you know, 20 to 30 units, and they're going to be selling those for 35 bucks. These, those monsters are 35 bucks a piece for the resin right. ones. Yep. Yep. Um, so I think there has truly never been, I mean, never, never. And this is why I wanted to go back to the, uh, when we first started, I want to loop back to when I want to talk about the context for Monpoc when it was a blind booster collectible game, like magic or flesh and blood. Like this is the absolute best time to possibly start playing Monpoc. Like this is, this is the possibility for a Monpoc renaissance and to, Note that it, they're already up close to $300,000 raised from their original $100,000 goal. And we're talking, you know, on the day the Kickstarter launched, so November 2nd, uh, and the campaign's been live for eight hours now. Oh, it went live uh, today? Today, yeah. Oh, dang. I thought it went live yesterday for some reason. No, no, no. Today. And they're, they're up, they're up over a quarter million already today. Right. Um, so, I mean, there has never been a better time to play this game. And this game is one of the, I think, like underappreciated gems in both the board game and miniatures hobby. Yep. I think you're probably right on that. So I would, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. I would implore you to look at it, at least look at the game and, and, and the rules are free to download. Like you can download the rules from privateer site, or you can download the new PDF that has the sort that's the same rules just presented in a new way, uh, on the mythic Kickstarter. Um, and again, this is a, this is a fast delivering Kickstarter. Most miniatures based Kickstarters are 18 to 24 months. Like that's just what you're looking at. Um, but the thing to remember here is like there's not a lot of development that needs to be done. These monsters are designed. Um, it looks like they've already got the they new graphic design already. port. Exactly. So right, it's yeah. really it's really just how much time has Mythic already spent working with their manufacturer to get to get engineering started? Uh, and how right. far along are they in creating those masters and getting mass production rolling? Because like if a lot of that work's already been done and it looks like it has been like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason to doubt even in a pandemic that they can't meet that goal of a year from, t- from this month. And really yeah, it's, it's, I, a, I it's 11 right. months from the campaign closing super fast. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're right on the money on that. Cause like, yeah, I mean, it seems like private press has done a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, they could, they could look at a lot of the sculpts that they already had, had a good place to start from. They didn't have to start from scratch from design or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and so. these are, again, these are, these are sculptors that know how to sculpt things for manufacturing. Right. right. Yeah. Mass, mass manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this is a, I mean, it's a, it's a win, win, win situation for gamers. Um, this is like, it, like, I think this is the most excited I've ever been about a Kickstarter because it, it's, 
it's the kind of game I like. Like the design acumen is exactly what I want. The, the theme is like, it's a fucking fever dream of a theme for me. I just, I love kaiju movies. I love giant monsters. The whole, the whole thing is, and it's just like the, the color palette and the, and the, the mechanics that match the theme, like everything is just perfect. And it's at such a, like such a good price for what you're getting. Uh, highly recommended. And I think, I, I mean, we can go into final thoughts, right? Cause we're about there. And my final thoughts is if you've ever been on the fence, like this is the time. And if you know how Kickstarters work too, like it might not be as easy to get once it launches. So like, if you like some of this stuff, just kickstart it because it's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to second that the game is far more fantastic than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's just good stuff. I've always really liked it, and um, I was the first time I played it. I was shocked at how good it was and how enjoyable it was. Um, so yeah, I I highly recommend that it is a good deal. It is a good game, and I think uh, people will like it. Uh, I need a demo, Paul. I can <laughs> do that. That's the best final thought possible. So <laughs> we absolutely I mean, I, can do that. I, I, I th- robot dinosaurs. Oh, uh, dude, Ubercorp, yeah. Ubercorp. I should have known yep. that that was who to tell you to look at. All, all I saw, all I saw were the the Dinobots from Transformers mm-hmm. as a kid, and I was like, I'm done. I need a demo. Yep. <laughs> I, right. I, need, I need some robot dinosaurs in my life. This, this game right. is so good, Chris. Anyway, all right. Gonna make that happen. Yeah. So thank you to our patrons. Uh, as always, thank you to Static as a City for the music at the front and the back of the show. Join our Discord, our Discord community. We'll link it in the description. It's the best. If you were on there, you'd know about this already because I've been gushing about it for the past week and all day today. Um, so, yeah, all aboard the hype train. Choo-choo. Bye. 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 <laughs>